There is only one reason Jesus Christ went to Calvary, and that's because He loves you. Jesus Christ was totally human. Totally human. I had heard it said when I was a much younger person, I I would hear that people say, well, it was Jesus Christ as God, and so it didn't hurt Him. Those nails did not hurt Him. The lashes did not hurt Him. Please understand, every bit of that hurt Him. It hurt Him as it would of you. And we see in His words where Jesus Christ would have liked to have had that cup removed. Let me share some of His words with you. Matthew, the 26th chapter, beginning with the 37th verse. He took Peter, James, and John along with Him, and He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here. And keep watch with me. Going a little bit farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Does that sound like somebody that has no problem with what's fixing to happen? He did have the wisdom to know what was going to happen. He knew this was not going to be a good day. But he was not volunteering to do it. If there was any other way, God would have done it some other way other than sacrificing His Son. Other than that. All of those of us that have children know how difficult that would be, if not impossible that would be, to offer our child. And remember, God created us in His image. And so it is not far-fetched to think that God was hurting at that same time. He created us in His image because He loved us. We're the closest thing to God that there is. He has a beautiful creation here with many beautiful creatures, but none as close to godly as you and me. And yet, it was His Son that came to die for you and me. And not just a death, like a quick heart attack. It wasn't anything like that. Why wouldn't have that worked? But He sent His Son to pay for our sins. Our sins are many. And He died for each and every one of us, not just here, but around the world, throughout this world. He gave His life for us. There was nothing easy. There was nothing pretty about it. It was the worst form of pain that the Romans could inflict on anyone. And yet Pontius Pilate said about three or four different times, I find no fault with this man. It was the 
religious leaders. Religious leaders. They were pushing it. They were threatened. Their ego was challenged. They were insecure. Jesus was an uprising to the religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, he was not really any threat at all to Rome. He had no reason to overthrow Rome when he was talking about giving to Caesar, what is Caesar? They ask him, what about paying taxes? Is this okay? Yeah, give to Caesar what is his. He never once mentioned an uprising. Barabbas did, and they turned him loose because they weren't challenged with Barabbas. They were challenged by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had the thousands that were coming to him. The reason the crowd that morning that he was crucified could outshout any others, it was prearranged. The religious leaders had their group, their groupies, all there at that moment and that time. The other individuals that had followed him, like to the Mount of Olives, they hadn't had a chance to even know it was taking place. He had many more followers, but that's exactly the reason the religious leaders had it early in the morning, so that there could not be anyone in Jesus' behalf. Those that may have been, such as his mother, Mary Magdalene, they were overshadowed. It was all orchestrated. It was all orchestrated because of the fear they had for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had a way of teaching that they had never heard before. Herod was called the King of the Jews. That title was given to him by Rome. He was a puppet for Rome. But now here's here's this Hebrew, Jesus from Nazareth, that has been called the King of the Jews, and it's coming from the heart. It's not coming because somebody told you to yell it. It's coming from the heart of the people. They knew there was something special about this man. They knew in his, their heart that he had a love and a tenderness and a kindness and that they had never seen before. Not a rebellious spirit where he's talking about uprising and killing and, and all of the different things that Barabbas might have said, pick up your swords and follow me. No! He was talking about loving one another, such as, how can you say you love your brother who you have seen, pardon me, how can you say you hate your brother whom you have seen, and yet you love God whom you have not seen? It is a false love then. He called us to love everyone, even those individuals that we have had troubles with. Maybe those individuals, certainly those that have really hurt us. Maybe their lives had torn up our lives. But He has told us to love those individuals. Does that sound like a warrior? Does that sound like somebody that's starting a rebellion? And courage, yes. Courage to do what He was called to do. Because 
It was you. It was you. He was called to die for you. It was your sins that led him to the cross. It was your sins that drove that hammer, those nails. It was yours. It was your sins that he was lashed with by the Roman soldiers, the crown of thorns. Don't ever mistake it. Don't look to the person next to you. It was your sins. Oh, yeah, it was my sins. But understand, it was your sins that he died for. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. In Luke, the 23rd chapter, the 28th verse says, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. This is, he's walking, carrying a cross to Golgotha. And then on the cross he says, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Does this sound like a rebel, a revolutionary person? Does this sound like anyone that would be trying to overcome Rome? But doesn't it sound like somebody that the religious leaders ought to be afraid of? For even hanging on the cross, he's saying, forgive them. The word tells us that not only were the soldiers there driving the nails and and making fun of him and laughing, but so were other people. The crosses were set up so it'd be a busy thoroughfare there. And the people would yell very vile things at him, spit on him, cuss him. You think of it, that's what they were doing and making fun of him the whole time. Rome knew how to do it. They knew how to do it in a terrible way. But Jesus Christ said, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. There were two criminals on the cross, one on his right and one on his left. And in a study I did this last week, it brought up the question, why was he put in the middle? Why was he put in the middle? From the very beginning... Man had the right to make a choice. Adam and Eve, they chose the apple. They chose it. That was their option. Each and every person that has been born since then has the ability to make choices. The good ones and certainly the bad ones. The flesh is weak, and the temptations are great. But no one has a choke collar around their neck that is being popped anytime they have some lustful thought. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. 
And too many times in life our decisions, not just lust, but in life are wrong. Just wrong. But we have the choice. So Jesus has one criminal on his right and one on the left. And they both begin to to chastise him and make fun of him. Jesus of Nazareth, you said that you could... uh, Tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. You have brought others back to life. Bring yourself off of that cross. Mocking Him. And then one of them had a revelation. He says, you and I deserve what we're getting. But don't you know that you're in the presence of God? Don't you know that you're in the presence of God? This morning we had two individuals that were overcome with that motion. They knew it was not a normal day when they declared Christ as their Savior. And many of you have had those days as well. That you knew. You knew in your heart all the way through that this is not a normal day. This is the day in which I can, I can praise Jesus Christ. When I can sing His name. When I can be a witness for Him. You start out at the job and it's a normal day at, the, at work. And then there is someone that is having a very difficult chance. And you have the opportunity to step up. You're not beating them with a club, but you have the chance and opportunity to step up in the name of Jesus Christ because He put it on your heart. Maybe that person needed a $20 bill, but maybe they needed a hug. Maybe they needed to know somebody cares for them. Somebody. And maybe that somebody is you because Jesus Christ lives in you. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, He lives, He lives in you. He will be that voice. He will be the one that leads you. You have a choice, like the criminals on the cross. You have a choice. What will your choice be? To praise Jesus or to throw stones at Jesus? After the crucifixion, three days later, the world was changed forever. The tomb was empty. And try as the religious bodies could try and try to come up with excuses and what happened. All types of excuses. Anything but to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was alive. That He had risen from the dead. Anything but that. That is their worst nightmare. But it happened. It happened. If that had not been true, they would have found His body. And they would have put it on display. But it could not be found because He had arisen. And while they're trying to look around in the furnace where they burn people after their death, or find Him somewhere else hidden out, He was appearing to His disciples in the upper room. 
with the doors locked. He was appearing to individuals on their Emmaus walk. He was appearing to those that had followed Him and believed in Him. Now they knew. Now they knew what it meant when He says, I am going to leave you, but I am going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. And you will be thankful that I did, for that Holy Spirit is with each and every one of us today, as well with every Christian in the world. Today, that Holy Spirit is with us. You know it. You know that Spirit. For you would not have been here this day if you didn't. You are declaring Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ, He is my Savior. Let us pray. Father, we come to You in prayer. Just as You prayed with the disciples, We pray together as your disciples. We're asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness of our sins. And dear Lord, we want to say, we love you. We love you. For you have paid the price for our sins. What a heavy, heavy burden. But you did that for us. So we can live forever, for eternity, in your kingdom. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior, that we do pray.